You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Barbarian. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. Who am I supposed to do? Why don't you come inside, and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom and I'll sleep out here on the couch. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Barbarian, and the story is as follows. A young woman discovers the rental home she booked is already occupied by a stranger. Against her better judgment, she decides to spend the night, but soon discovers there's a lot more to fear than just an unexpected house guest. The film is starring Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long. It is written and directed by Zach Krager. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Dan Baer. Hello. I have no idea how we're going to talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dan and I literally just saw Barbarian a few minutes ago, raced home to record this because he and I are both going to be at the Toronto International Film Festival this weekend. So we are recording this podcast review a little early here. Uh, but this is great because we can give our unfiltered thoughts, pure reaction, and no spoilers just to make the review that much more fun, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what do we talk about? Um, well, I'll tell you this much. Whenever you have an Airbnb mix-up. This is why I don't use Airbnb. <laughs> but here's the thing now. Whenever there is a mix-up, it's either one or two things. It's either the start of a romantic comedy, boy meets girl sort of thing, or it's whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> a, a horror movie. I know. I know. Just Broadly speaking. <laughs> Zach Kreger, what have you done, sir? I, sir, 
<laughs> what is going on in that man's mind? Who hurt you? Seriously. I, I really did spend like most of the movie going like, who who thinks this up? And how? And then somehow managed to make it completely thrilling, wildly entertaining, funny, scary, and like weirdly emotional at the very end yeah i wouldn't go that far necessarily although i do see the intention there um i will say this barbarian is definitely a movie that you need to see as blindly as humanly possible now i know that there have been a lot of times where we have said that and there have been a lot of times we've heard that from other people than us this is one of those few times where it actually is true i will say that like I, I know I had seen the trailer before this, and you hadn't. No, the only thing that I was privy to before watching this were the social reactions out of Can, which, thank God, didn't actually reveal anything. They just simply said stuff like, you need to see it to believe it. Oh, my gosh, like, you won't believe where this story goes. Like, things like that, where it's like, you're you're yeah. basically telling me absolutely nothing but by withholding that much my intrigue is all the way up and i will say that like you can watch the trailer if you want it does not give away anything that from beyond like the first 10 minutes of this maybe and certainly does not give you any clue about where it's going to go by the third act of this thing like having seen it i was still continually surprised by what this movie was throwing at me now uh, i i gotta say like watching this with you too was such an experience because the audience that we watched it with was so hooked and so into it lots of shouting at the screen uh very thoroughly engaged i mean and not like in a yeah like you mentioned before it's actually comedic at points which helps quite a bit because I think if it didn't have moments of humor, um, I feel like we would all be suffering heart attacks because you could tell there were people that were watching this that were scared shitless, myself included. Oh, yeah. And it, it was it was so much fun to watch this with an audience, like go to the theater, bring friends and just like have a good time with it. This is it. it <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a great movie to watch with an audience, especially an audience who is enjoying it and ready to have fun because it does play around with a lot of uh, horror movie tropes and things like, you know, Georgina Campbell's character. It, she is a very smart, resourceful girl and they play around a lot with some horror tropes with her in the first act and like how smart is she is her curiosity going to get the better of her is she actually going to go down that hallway or is she going to pull a jordan peele and say nope and it is so much fun and so entertaining and then and then (laughs) (laughs) So, the setup for this movie, Airbnb mix-up, Bill Skarsgård, Georgina Campbell, first 40 minutes of the movie is basically toying with the audience expectations as to what's going to happen to this poor young woman, because we know that she's in for a whirlwind of hurt, because that's just the type of genre that we're watching here, Mm -hmm. and the movie 
toys with our expectations of that so freaking well that when it does go down the labyrinth, if you will, and then it just goes off course in a whole other direction of a story, I didn't know. I had no idea where this movie was going to take me. And therein lies actually some criticism that I have here, which is I felt like the deeper this movie went, there were a lot of unanswered questions that I had. Um, yes, I, I don't disagree with that, but I do think that it answers enough questions without answering all of them. And I think that th- that for a horror movie to still be scary and as thrilling as this one is, explaining over-explaining is death to that. Yeah, but then like another problem I have with it as a result of that is I don't know what the central theme of this movie is because I feel like there is the... The, the Justin Long character, and there's a lot of commentary on his character that I think uh, Craiger is uh, trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Then there is also kind of this the rowback uh, time to like an idyllic uh, community that I also wonder what that was all about and how that was also tying in. Hey, hey there. there, I'm Hannah, and I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. It just seemed to me like there was, I mean, there's also a maternal uh, aspect to the story I don't want to get into necessarily, but I was trying to figure out how all of these different ideas fit together. And I don't think I ever successfully got there. And I don't even know necessarily if the, if what the movie was trying to say, it was able to actually communicate it clearly. I don't think it did. Is it a wild, fun ride? And did I have a blast watching it? Absolutely. Oh my God, absolutely. But I do think that some of the storytelling could have been a little bit more clear. I don't necessarily disagree. I, I, I think I got what, if you want to say what themes it was working with or what the point of the story was, I, I, I think I got it well enough. I don't think it's exactly like, you know, really going in there with a fine tooth comb and ironed out all the details, but it's not that kind of movie. No, no, I, yeah, this, I understand this that. This is a roller coaster ride of a movie. And I would be, I would be okay with that if it's sent, if it like centered on one theme. But there's like a couple at play here, and that's that's my problem. Is that I feel like the movie's trying to say too much. I I actually don't. You, well, are you going to take the stance that you don't think it's trying to say anything at all? Um, and I'm reading into it too hard. 
No, I think that the movie, as much as it is about anything else, it is about gender dynamics and the relationship between men and women in the present day. Yes. And I think that that is a pretty, any sort of sub themes that come off of that, they are directly related to that. So it did it, what you're talking about, I, I, I can see that, but it, it didn't bother me at all, especially given that this is really just a, grotty grimy little b movie (laughs) i mean to your point about the gender dynamics though uh that is where i will agree with you that upon reflection now i guess that is the thorough line that does connect uh different segments of the movie together so i can see that but i think that there's a lot of other parts of it outside of that that maybe weren't necessary or they just don't feel as are really explored as that is you know what i mean i get that did not care in the slightest oh no no, no. I, I hear you <laughs> i'm just saying this for justification as to why this is not a 10 out of 10 movie <laughs> <laughs> but overall though i mean man there were some jump scares in this that got me pretty good there were actually some moments where i was anticipating the jump scare that got me even better than the jump scare itself because I knew it was coming, and the way that this movie plays with light and darkness, especially in those underground tunnels. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You know, the only light that you have is your camera phone, and, oh, man, that is not enough. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, too. There were a couple of moments in this movie where the characters, man, they make such terrible decisions. But the weird thing is that, like, they, they don't play as, like they're doing this just because it's a movie and there wouldn't be a plot otherwise. Like they are sort of grounded enough. Like, and I think that that is more the actors themselves than the actual scripting of it. I think Georgina Campbell and Bill Skarsgård especially do a really good job threading that needle. Bill Skarsgård in particular, he did such an excellent job of keeping the audience on their toes, not knowing necessarily who he was. And they do kind of play around with um, the fact that he did play Pennywise. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is something inherently creepy about Bill Skarsgård, and they they use that very, very well. Definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, some good makeup work in this movie, too. I mean, I feel like I've seen, oh my God, yes. you know, this makeup work before. Um, I'm not saying it's anything original or anything like that, uh, but it's well done enough, you know, that I thought, oh, wow, that's grotesque. That's effective. You know, I'm I'm genuinely terrified by that mm-hmm. thing <laughs> right now. Good monster design. Good monster design. Yes. <laughs> but it, the point being that is it, it, it is effective. Yes. Yes. It's not particularly original, but it is incredibly effective. Absolutely. Uh what else can we say about this movie? Is there anything else that we can say about this movie? Best end credits music since Deep Water. Oh, the smash cut to the end credits was fantastic. The smash cut to the end so good. Yeah, I like a good smash cu- smash cut to uh, end credits, and when it's done well with a a needle drop in particular that just makes you smile, it, it's pretty well I mean, done here. Smile and laugh and say what the fuck. I mean. <laughs> 
It's so funny. I've seen a lot of movies now, Dan, with you in particular, where I, I know that response from you now. I've seen you do it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> the credits just come up and Dan's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but there are different shades uh, to that. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Oh, man. I, I am struggling right now. I am struggling. Is there anything else that I feel like I should say? We're going to we're going to post this on Saturday. People probably will have already seen it on Friday. I don't know. Do you want to do a spoiler section really quick? Let, yeah. I mean, let's just say right now, the Oscars ain't touching this with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> with a with a mile-long pole. They ain't touching this with a measuring tape of however, <laughs> whatever the one you can find is. Okay? That's a reference to the movie, people. <laughs> um, but that, Which is one of the funniest sequences in the whole Thing. Oh my oh god! My god, the audience that we saw it with went nuts. It, it's so fucking funny. I'm still. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. For the for the people that want to go to the spoiler section, yeah. Dan, what grade would you give this out of ten? I would give this a very solid eight out of ten. This is wildly entertaining. Uh, I'll go with a seven out of ten. There's a part of me that thinks that this won't hold up as well on a rewatch. That part of the fun is the experience of not knowing. And once you do know and try to watch it again, I I mean, I don't know, obviously, but my guess is it won't be as effective on the next uh, watch. That's my that's my guess. I could be wrong. I could see that happening, but I think that the rest of the movie is so entertaining yeah, what it does, it does so well. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you think that they're intentionally, because I'm getting this feeling from watching it, do you think they're intentionally setting up either some sort of a prequel or sequel? No, but I wouldn't have said that about X either. And Pearl, we are going to see in very soon. So, you know, what? in a lot of ways, the experience of watching this did remind me a little bit of X at times in that it kind of wore its B horror movie, you know, hard on its sleeve. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think that X was better in terms of in terms of uh, style and character, but yeah, I mean, well, X was also sort of specifically referencing seventies B movies and horror, and this is it's not it. It is referencing other movies, but it's not referencing a specific style of movie no. or a specific period. Correct. Yeah. Like, like yeah. once you see, I don't know, there might be some diehard horror fans that might go, oh, the way you guys were making it sound like, no, it's just it, it's just this. And I've seen this before in other movies. Yeah. But like part of the fun is not knowing that going in. Yeah, and the way that everything, that all those different influences are put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hell of a ride. It, and you you may think that you know where it's going, but it will find some way to surprise you. It just will. All right, so 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10 for me. No Oscar potential. Let's talk spoilers here really quick. Okay, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the story resets twice. Yes. And I I think after the first one, we were literally all like, wait, what? I couldn't believe how much time had passed. It was like 40 minutes or something like that until 
you know, it, to me, it almost felt like it was Psycho all of a sudden. Yes. Where we've been following this character, um, you know, Georgina Campbell, through the first act of this movie and her interactions with Bill Skarsgård and this whole idea of, oh, is Bill Skarsgård the sinister one that's going to ultimately trap her and there's like something else going on here? Turns out that's actually not the case and he gets brutally murdered right in front of her and she gets captured by what I, I said earlier was a thing, but no, it's essentially like a uh, cross-mutated uh, hybrid woman. An inbred woman. Yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, that's the, that's the proper word. inbred woman uh socially who's got like superhuman strength and and very mentally um disfigured as well absolutely yeah (laughs) i do think that it kind of there were some scenes in the middle after uh when justin long goes down into the basement and the little maze that's down there where I thought it was a leaning a little too much on like old women are creepy and that bothered me a little bit, but then I just like, you know what? <laughs> Go with the genre. I was going to say how many times you've seen a horror movie where it's a naked old woman and it's supposed to be the most frightening thing you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a few times, right? So, I mean, I like I, I understand what you mean, but at the same time, it's like, you know, ask yourself, is that something that you want to see go away because it's just kind of tired and old fashioned? No, I just there was, there was something that felt it felt exploitative in a bad way, like saying, you know, kind of saying like, oh, this gross old woman just wants a baby and that's scary. But and you know, of course, once it's revealed more, it you know makes it makes more sense. But anyway, it was a momentary thing where I was like had a little bit of reservations, and then those reservations went away. That's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. Uh, So... I was definitely a little off put when Justin Long got introduced into the movie after Georgina Campbell, because that first act, I think, is so effective in getting you to rally towards uh, Georgina's side that when Justin Long is introduced then and he's uh, introduced as this problematic uh, television director who has just recently been accused of sexual assault and he's had a piece written about him and his whole career is like down the toilet at this point. He's like going to be drowning in legal fees. And I was like, are we supposed to feel sorry for this guy? Why? Yeah. Um, 
it was interesting to watch the movie make that pivot. And I think it was clear pretty much from the beginning of his introduction that we are supposed to be laughing at him, not with him. And I think that helped a bit, at least for me. Um, I, I do think that a lot of the jokes, all the jokes in that see in that introduction scene, all those jokes are on him. And, but he still is an asshole and it's, it takes a while for it to become clear how his story fits in with the rest of the story that we just watched. What really got me with his character was the arc that it took him on, especially at the end when he, um, when he pushes her off the top of the, the water tower. I was genuinely surprised by that moment, actually. Which is a good thing, might I add. Yeah, yeah. It was like a turn that I was not expecting. And then when he went down to get Georgina Campbell's and or Tess Tess is her name. When he goes down to get Tess and then like so, e- explaining w- why why he did it and like sort of narrativizing and re basically rewriting what happened and why. I mean, it's a stand-in essentially for his accusation. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it... (laughs) I mean, he gets what's coming to him. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, that moment I could see coming like a mile away, uh, but but it was very satisfying, to say the least. It was well done. It was well executed. Mm -hmm. And what did you think of the whole... She just wants to be a mom aspect of it all. That was the thing that got me a little like, like a little queasy. But I think that once it's explained what actually was going on, I think then it made more sense and it does give more, um, more context to the character and what she what she wants and why and it does create some sympathy for her honestly yeah yeah a little bit like you know you mentioned earlier you know by the end of the film it was unexpectedly emotional it didn't quite ever get me there but i could see that they were there there was an attempt that was made there in that moment yeah and i think they i like did i did i cry no but did i feel like I did feel kind of touched for a character that I was, you know, not expecting to have to feel anything for. Yeah. I mean, to give your to it, it, I think it's really tricky to give a villain character, particularly in a horror movie, a backstory that makes them sympathetic but doesn't fully absolve them of their actions. Like in trying to, I think, and I kind of said this earlier, but like, I think that in horror movies, especially over explaining the big bad sort of takes away the horror of it. But I think that the way they explained this big villain actually it did remove some of the horror, but replaced it with 
an actual sense of sympathy for what she's gone through. Does that make sense? Yeah. I no, I think so. Sense. Okay. <laughs> All right. And they also are. I just kudos to all the actors in this movie are really, really good. They give really good performances. Zach Kreger, man. Yeah, he definitely definitely has some things going on up there. It's wild to me, (laughs) this movie. And this is his first? It's not his first movie? Not his first. Oh, well, it's been a long time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's been a long. He wrote Miss March, which is that was a long time ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, if he has spent every all the time since 2009 working on this script, good on you. <laughs> good on you. I mean, however long it took, like, you know, good on you. But like, what a way to make a comeback. What a way indeed. What a way indeed. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I can't wait for other people to see it because I might go watch it again just with a crowd. <laughs> it is, again, like, I can't, I feel like I can't emphasize enough, see this with a crowd. Totally. Absolutely. This is what the theater experience was made for. Yeah. All right, Dan, where can I find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on Film, where I will do my best not to spoil this movie while sharing my enthusiasm for it. And you can follow me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Barbarian here on the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.